Welcome to the University of the Free State Career Services Podcast, where we talk to experts about the ins and outs of jobs and share tips that will give you a grip on your future career. Education has always been the key to success. We are with the Northern Cape born and bred education enthusiast. Today's guest has been an advocate for education since his early years of his school career until present. Education and passion has kicked down so many doors for him. During the course of his studies, he obtained an MDiv Tech in Electrical Engineering, a BA in Industrial Psychology, a postgraduate diploma in Tertiary Education, and a DTech in Education Management. Due to his passion and love for what he does, he has been in the higher education space for almost 33 years. He was a deputy vice chancellor for academic and research at the Central University of Technology, after which he was appointed as the DVC of Research, Innovation and Engagement at CUT and later the vice chancellor and principal of the same institution with effect from the 1st of June 2017 until the 30th of September 2021. He is currently a senior associate the principal writer of the academic workstream to develop the feasibility study report of the new University of Science and Innovation at Ekuguleni a member of several professional bodies and has supervised at the postgraduate level and holds several publications in proceedings and scientific journals prof heng regards himself as a proud african and as a son of the soil of the great continent he embraces the late president nelson mandela's approach to leadership open quote i am leading by serving others close quote and regards the function of leadership as producing more leaders not more followers how are you prof thank you for joining us good afternoon aria now i'm fine and thank you for this opportunity it's lovely to engage with you uh, it's a honor and it's a privilege first i just like to say it's a privilege to interact with you prof um let's just unpack uh, your career um tell me about the best day of your career when was it and what happened sure aria that is a tough one because there were many many days in almost 33 years and many highlights and many good days there were also some bad days sometimes but uh, perhaps the the one that i can immediately think of is i started as a lecturer in 1989 and i had a third year class and they graduated the next year in april 1990 the the third years uh because it was a three year course and just to see my own students passing the stage graduating and i think since that day graduation for me was always a highlight to see young people blossom and uh and reach their full potential by graduating successfully but i know you asked for one but of course the other one was during my inauguration as the vice chancellor which was on the 30th of june 2017 after a long career through hard work through blessings from god uh i was blessed to also served at the pinnacle level at the university and that was another highlight with my family of course you had such a blessed journey throughout your career Can you just walk us through your your student journey towards your transition to being a professional? Oh, thanks. I very briefly, of course, as you've mentioned that I studied uh I initially engineering. I then uh was at Iscor 
which is a steel, a large steel manufacturer. My line manager applied for a lecturer position at the then Valtriangle Technical. And he decided on almost two days before the closing that he will not continue. Uh, that he encouraged me to apply for a lecturer position. But I was always in my mind, I had this dream of becoming a famous engineer. And, and maybe also for our students, you know, one of your dreams, your own dreams and believe in where you're going, but then other people will pass your life and they will, they will influence you in a positive way. And that happened. So I started as a young lecturer uh, and continue up to uh, executive dean level. I then moved to Nelson Mandela University, uh, also as an as a, a executive dean, and I think the rest you've mentioned. But I think from student to professional is even today still a challenge uh, because we were, we were privileged in some sense that during my age, we had the opportunity to do in-service training, which you call internships, I think, at University of the Free State. Uh, and it is not common in all programs. So in my case, we had opportunity. So there was already engagement with industry. But then to suddenly be a lecturer while you were a student not long ago, you had, that is a tough task. And uh, again, my advice is that don't fear anything. Just prepare extremely well, knowing that you have, you're not the best lecturer, you've just started. So I think that bridged that gap for me easier as the journey from student to a professional. Uh, be honest with yourself, ask people that are experienced, and prepare extremely well before you take on a job or a duty. Is that helping? That is very helpful, Prof. That is very <laughs> helpful. But then now to present, what, what, would you, what would you say makes you good at your job? With all that experience you spoke about throughout your journey to present now, what would you say is the one thing that makes you good at what you do? Yeah, perhaps as you've indicated earlier, I was the vice chancellor. So I'm on semi-retirement. I left the institution in September 2021. So I'm now... Uh, a senior associate, but let me rather refer to when I was still in the formal higher education sector. I think it is the knowledge about people. You know, people are wonderful human beings, but they're also extremely complex. And they, each one is unique in their own way. And I think it is the knowledge of people. When you engage with a person, when you engage with with a group of students that are frustrated with the systems of their financial challenges or whatever the frustrations might be, or you sit with unions and they have their own challenges. I think it is, it is the, through the years, the experience to engage with them, to stay calm, to hear what they're saying and to listen and not to speak too much because allow them that they can speak and, uh, of course, raise their concerns. I would think that to me was the the, the biggest uh, gift through the years that I developed that assisted me in my career. So, Papa, what would you say then is the hard part or mundane part about what you do? So, what I've done, perhaps again, if you can just refer to that then as the in the formal higher education sector, or oh, as a VC, uh, as a VC, okay, as a vice chancellor. 
You know, um, because you work with so many people and so many constituencies, it, it is for me, my by default, I trust people. I trust you. We've met today, but I trust you. And you must prove me wrong why I shouldn't trust you. And unfortunately, uh, we, we live in a very complex society uh, and in a complex world. And you will find sometimes that people have their own selfish uh, agendas. And even amongst our students, you know, they will engage with, with uh, some and then learn later on, but this person wasn't honest or, or there are ethical behavioral issues. And I think that to me was the toughest lesson that I've learned is that you cannot trust everybody. You cannot use Hink's default, I trust you, prove me wrong. Mm -hmm. You need to be more cautious uh, because people are, are complex and very different. And that you rather through a process that you will learn, can I trust this person, yes or no? That I think was the hardest lesson for me, I would guess, when I was vice chancellor. What are some of the effective approaches to careers for students in higher education? How can institutions better prepare students for the job market? You know, if we if we think realistically, Aureo, and uh, also for our students and, and those that will graduate soon, if you look at the changes in the world on the whole scenario of the fourth industrial revolution, uh, and the whole technology revolution that is taking place. So, so my focus is, and I and I think in University of the Free State, what I've learned from your vice chancellor is that is a strong focus for the university to prepare students to have this critical uh, reasoning, uh, ethical uh, uh, reasoning, uh, and ensure that they can think outside of the box. So what I'm trying to say, Oreo, is yes, you can do your degree and get your qualification, but you need additional qualities to succeed in this new world of work. Now, what are those? Those are these extra attributes. But for example, a simple thing is attitude. You will get to a block and say, no, I cannot pass this. But with a positive attitude, you can do anything. If you still believe in that dream, that you have and set for yourself, you will reach the dream, but there will be obstacles. And I think for us is if we can bridge that gap and, and still, for example, entrepreneurial skills. I'm currently involved with a major project where we enhance technology transfer capacity at the universities and how they can assist students to be entrepreneurs. And I think the ideal should be, Aureo, uh, is that we, as a university, we shouldn't produce graduates to become employees, but we should produce graduates that will become employers and they will employ employees. And I think that should be the strong focus. And universities have all the means to equip our students in such a fashion. So, Professor, as a registered uh, professional engineering tech, technologist, yes, that's the word, <laughs> technologist, yeah. what advice would you give to individuals who are considering pursuing this career path? Is is there any particular skills or areas of expertise that should that they should value in the industry? Yeah, I think uh, for you can take the whole engineering profession 
as an example. Uh, and, and of course, there's a very strong focus on, on analysis, mathematical science analysis. Uh, and design, for example, is, a, is another focus. So, but for me, if I can use an example, Arion, and I'm not diminishing any career by all means, but you know, if you look at the medical field in the world and the amazing developments, especially take a simple operation and the equipment that they use, the specialists, and that, the equipment are manufactured and designed by engineers. So it gives you the importance of what engineers are doing. And it is that interface between being an engineer and the human aspect. So if you if you can have that balance and don't be just an engineer and design a bridge, but then you forget about the impact on the environment, for example. Mm. So for engineer, there will never be a dull day. It's an amazing career. There are so many opportunities um, in 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 the world. Uh, I know at University of the Free State, you do offer engineering programs. And for many of them, the sky is the limit, really. The, the, there is so many opportunities uh, to, to develop further, to enhance the bridge between, for example, biomedical engineering, where there's a strong development internationally in that particular field. And we don't have to mention the challenges we have in energy, in our own beautiful country uh, for engineers that can specialize in renewable energy. So uh, it's an amazing career, but it is hard work, strong science and mathematics base, and have an open mind in terms of new designs, new developments, fault finding, etc. Prof, could you share some insight in becoming a registered professional engineering technologist? What steps should uh, an aspiring engineer take to become a registered professional in South Africa? Okay, yeah, it is the same for the world. You, in, in South Africa, we have the Engineering Council, and there's basically broadly four areas of certification. It is a professional engineering technician, a professional engineering technologist, a professional uh, engineer, and a professional certified engineer. So those are more or less the four areas. There are other specialized ones as well. But uh, you can, during your studies, after you have obtained the degree, you can register as a candidate phase. Uh, so you will then be a candidate engineer. And then you will undergo a, a certain period uh, of in industry engagement. So during that engagement, there will be very specific assignments that you need to, to, to conclude. So the Engineering Council has got a list for each of these categories on specific assignments. For example, you must do designs, you must do your own industry project. So you must work independently. You will have a mentor with you in industry. And the mentor must be a professional engineer or a professional engineering technologist. And then they will sign off and certify that indeed you have done this work. And then after two years for a professional engineer, after three years for a professional engineering technologist in industry, it means after you obtain your degree, you can then uh, submit to the engineering council to register as a professional. And they will have a further assessment to ensure that you meet all the minimum requirements. 
and then you will register, be registered eventually, which assists you in great deal because you technically you must be registered professionally to to profess as an engineer or to uh, and and that is and it protects the the client, but also it protects you as a professional, the act, because the engineering council is a statutory body regulated by act, and that is the the, the advantage for me to be registered as a professional engineer or professional engineering technologist. Have I answered your question? I hope so, Gabriel. With distinction, Prof. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Lastly, <laughs> Prof, uh, what are the future prospects for a registered professional engineering technologist in South Africa? How do you see the profession evolving and what are the potential growth areas? The, the first two questions are easy to say. The potential is huge. Mm -hmm. uh, it is just, uh, there's never ending because if you look at the world, uh, the technology is driving the economy. Uh, and for us in South Africa, if I can use the focus for now, if you look at the, the opportunities in South Africa, in, in terms of technological development, but more so on the renewable energy part. So especially South Africa that are blessed with wonderful wind resources and wonderful sun energy resources. And there's so many opportunities for engineers to take on initiatives because remember, yes, we have solar farms, but you always want to enhance the efficiency of those farms. The, in general, solar energy farms are at a very low or fairly low uh, efficiency. And it is always for engineers to research further. So that is the one area. The other one, as I've mentioned earlier, is in the biomedical field. You know, there are amazing developments in the medical field, but the engineers are playing a critical role as part of that particular uh, uh, scenario and particular developments. Uh, and then many others that I'm not even mentioning, well, the infrastructure development, what you see, and when you travel on a road or you pass a bridge or you cross a bridge, uh, that was an engineer was involved. When you look at the building, there was an engineer involved. We sit now in your studio. Uh, you can see the, the 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 role that engineers has played. Somebody developed the equipment, the building. Uh, so it is uh, the opportunities are, are just unlimited. Uh, it's amazing, and I and I want to encourage. Uh, our students to consider an engineering field. It is a, it is a, a, a very rewarding uh, career path for anybody. Although I didn't end up, I ended up as an executive dean of engineering for almost 13 years and then moved into the management. So uh, I didn't practice much long for in the field of engineering, which I regret in some way because I just love the the, the the technology and the developments and never a dull moment. Thank you, thank you, Prof. Uh, we're going to move to a lighter segment of our interview. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Can you just complete the following? Okay. Uh, coffee or tea? Mm, coffee. <laughs> Strong. <Sweet> or Black. salty? <laughs> uh, sweet or salty? Salty, definitely. I don't. I don't have a sweet tooth. Okay. Uh, remote or on-site? On-site. I love people. I want to see them. 
and meet them in person. I think I suspected that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, every morning, I. I have a cup of coffee. Storm. And I have pray time, quiet time. My favorite word is. Yo, Ariel, there are a couple of Afrikaans ones and uh, one or two swear words that I uh, cannot use in this interview. Uh, will you forgive me if I use a, a brief phrase? Yes. Uh, I, I so I would you. say the favorite words in a, in a brief phrase is you can do it. You can do it. Don't give up. You have the dream. Don't give up on your dream. You will have challenges in life. Um, you have some family challenges, financial challenges, but you want to become this. You want to follow this career. You dream that you have this in mind. I want to become this famous engineer or uh, this famous manager or, or a vice chancellor. Like you mentioned, I'm still young. Oreo, but if that is your dream, you can do it. Don't give up on your dream. Thank you so much, Prof. Definitely, I'm not going to give up. Uh, <laughs> thank you for joining us. It's been an honor. It's been an honor. And uh, we are thankful, definitely. Uh, may the rest of your life be the best of your life, Prof. Thank you so much, Oreo. And let me wish the University of the Free State Career Services a wonderful journey. I think you're doing a fantastic uh, work and supporting our students and, and give them exposure to experts in industry. I had a look at your online uh, recordings that you've done over the years and well done. You and your team are doing fantastic work and those students that will listen just to say to them, all the best with your studies, uh, work hard because it is through hard work that you will succeed in life and never stop dreaming, you can do it. That's it for now. Listen to all our episodes to make sure that you get into the fast lane of career success.